everyone. Welcome back to another Contractor Success Academy lesson. Today, I'm here with Danielle Russell. Danielle, thanks for being with us. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. It's awesome to have you, Danielle. I'm really excited about this. This is a marketing uh, chat that we're going to have, and you put together a beautiful presentation. Uh, for those of you who don't know Danielle, she's the director of Inbound at Builder Funnel. Builder Funnel is the agency that uh, Spencer Powell started, and he's been um, he's given a lesson in the academy. Danielle happens to be a military wife. She's moved four times in the past five years, one of which, uh, one of the locations you lived in was Germany, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I just got back from Germany about six months ago. Awesome. And uh, you do lots of volunteer work and you're also a yoga teacher. <laughs> yes, I wouldn't call myself a yoga teacher anymore. Back in the day. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I'm going to flip it over to you, Danielle. And um, the, the, the title for the presentation today is really how to reach your potential customers using Facebook. And we're going to talk about personas and a whole bunch of other cool things. I'm excited. Let's jump right into it. Great. Thank you, Mark, sharing my screen. As you already explained, we're going to talk about how to reach your potential clients on Facebook. So using buyer personas to engage the right audience on Facebook. But before we jump into everything, let's go through a quick agenda. What are buyer personas? Why are they important in your marketing? How buyer personas will find you leads on Facebook? What you should measure? And of course, when to add paid social into the mix. So a little bit more about me. Thank you so much for the introduction, Mark. I'm going to give My myself pleasure. another little introduction. <laughs> I've been in digital marketing for seven years. My first marketing job, actually, I was on a new product launch team. So I was off of an engineering team. I support military spouse empowerment. And in at the peak of one of my big ad spend clients at Builder Funnel, I was helping to manage over $5,000 a month in Facebook ads. So I have a little bit of experience in what I'm talking about. Nice. <laughs> one of our core values at Builder Funnel is to always be learning. And a part of always learning for us is then to turn around and to be able to share that knowledge and to always be teaching. So thank you again, Mark, for having myself and Spencer as a teacher in this course. Our, our pleasure, Danielle. It's awesome to have you guys. Thank you. So 2.38 billion. When I first saw this number, that kind of blew my mind. First, it actually, I was a little bit underwhelmed, but then when I thought about that's about a third of the world's population, that's how many monthly active users are on Facebook. And that second number, 1.36 billion, that's daily active users on Facebook. And maybe you have better impulse control than I do, but for me, that means I'm on Facebook more than <laughs> <every day. laughs> um, Maybe just for a few seconds here and there, a couple minutes at a time, but I'm on Facebook several times a day. So if you put that into perspective, 1.36 billion daily active users on Facebook. That basically yeah. means that everybody and their grandma is on Facebook, which isn't always a great thing, but that does mean that we can find our target audience on Facebook pretty easily. Yeah, and that's a pretty interesting stat. I mean, just <laughs> we're talking in the billions here, it's huge. Obviously, if you break down that demographic data even further, there's so many neat stats about, you know, just age groups, right? What it, like you're talking about grandmothers, like, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> elderly people are spending a lot of time on, on this platform. 
And that's actually the number that's growing the most right now. Yeah. So 65 and up. Mm -hmm. So what all of this means though, since everybody is on Facebook, everybody and their grandma, that doesn't mean that you just get to cover your eyes and say whatever you want to say on Facebook, right? Because we have data now and we know who we're trying to reach at this point. Maybe in the very early advent of Facebook, when people were just starting out marketing and ads on Facebook, we didn't really know how to align the actual people on Facebook and what our messages were trying to reach them. But now we do. So we're not in the dark. You don't have to go in blind. You're also not just shouting anything and everything you want on Facebook. You can actually speak directly to the people on Facebook who want to hear your message. So who are we trying to reach? Your target buyer persona. And a target buyer persona is a, they're a fictional portrayal of your ideal client, essentially. They're a generalized representation of whom you are trying to sell to. And knowing this persona is critical in creating meaningful content. And what I mean by meaningful content is your blog posts, um, any website updates, your email marketing, your social media posts, all of it. So I'm going to run through a couple examples that we have used for one of our high-end design build remodeling clients in Pittsburgh. Uh, their projects are typically upwards of a million dollars. So when you're seeing these examples of buyer personas, that'll make sense when you understand. Capable Charlotte. She is educated capable and wise, a homeowner, homemaker. She heads up several charities, runs the family trust. She's a mother, wife, and friend of ladies who lunch. Uh, she supports local businesses and charities, lends a voice to local politics and municipality issues, and she shares her beautiful home with family, friends, and colleagues. Challenges are especially important to know because we're starting to uncover the pain points that you will be speaking to in your social media posts that we'll be getting into later. So Charlotte's challenges, she wants to feel in control at all times. She wants to be heard. She's a stellar multitasker who is results-driven and goal-oriented, etc. Her demographics between 45 to 65, again, very important when you're trying to develop your messaging and her income range is spot on with what these projects and these project sizes are supposed to be. And of course, very highly educated. Another example, Efficient Elliot. This is for the same client again. He is typically C-level in business development. He's analytical, he makes informed decisions in a timely manner, he's well-read. He's technology-driven, he's a father, husband, sports fan. He desires modern living with conveniences and style, luxury products that perform to make life easy and efficient. His challenges, he expects the best. Um, he does not appreciate poor service or the uninformed, a little bit younger in the demographics, and again, highly educated. So why we need to know all of this is because we're writing to capable Charlotte, right? We know that she hosts charity events and she wants her home to be a beautiful backdrop to all of these pictures that are gonna be taken. And she has her friends over for lunch and she wants to impress her guests and be a good hostess. We're not writing to her. Nothing against baristas, I love coffee, but 
that's not the target demographic in these social media posts. And we're writing to efficient Elliot, who is technology driven and probably wants smart tech in his home during his remodeling projects. He appreciates efficiency and maybe design build remodeling is a perfect fit for him because it's a seamless process and it's taken care of for him. He doesn't need to get involved, probably not writing to him. So this quote came out from a recent social media report from the social media bakers. I'll read this to you. In the age of digital marketing, personalization is key. Your audiences are not receptive to media targeted to the masses because it isn't about them and their needs. Instead, they now have their own personal space in the cyber world that opens up an opportunity for them to discover content, products, or services that are relevant to them. And if you want to be a part of that world, you need to create content that opens up conversations. From the same report, 80% of marketers reported that personalized content is more effective. So how will creating buyer personas find you leads on Facebook? I'm so glad you asked. Yeah, I think that's a question everyone's asking themselves. And I mean, yeah. look, but buyer personas, you guys are an inbound agency. Uh, we've, we've, you know, dabbled in inbound space for a long time as well. And I think it's, it's, it's an exercise that people may not, they may be nodding their head and saying, oh yeah, it makes sense. We can make our messages relevant. But I think deeper than that, I mean, this, this, this basically dictates every piece of content that you put out there, your social posts, your newsletters, the way you communicate with, with people. I mean, everybody watching this lesson right now has probably at some point seen an ad or seen some form of content out there that say, wow, this brand gets me. They understand me. I feel like they're speaking directly to me. And that's the result of having well-crafted uh, customer buyer personas and, and actually leveraging them. So I, I like how you, you know, use uh, names like, you know, capable Charlotte and efficient Elliot. I mean, from a marketing standpoint, the team should be able to pin these up on the wall and literally, you know, any type of project that we're working on, if you're taking pictures of an, of an existing job in the field, it's like, okay, we know that this is going to relate to efficient Elliot because this particular customer just loaded their home with automation and new tech. And, you know, we've, we've got to shed light on this and, and share it because this is going to resonate so well with that efficient Elliot who happens to be make up 40% of our, of our uh, client base, you know, uh, this is so, so, so key. And I know there's a lot more to this presentation, but we could almost ultimately end it here because just that <laughs> is so key. It's so profound. And yet people skimp over it and they're like, yeah, I know who my customer is, but do you really? Right. And you have, and, and, and you have more than one, right. You just identified two, but I mean, Danielle, in, in your experience, what's the average number of customer personas that your customers have? So with the marketing automation software that we use, we create a minimum of four. And wow. that's okay. just scraping the surface. Right. Um, we can come up with six to eight pretty easily. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, another example of a client I just spoke with today, they're located out in Florida. So they remodel homes frequently for snowbirds, which means people who don't live there full time hey we know all about that i'm in i'm in the cold north here <laughs> exactly. um yeah and so they have so many buyer personas they have people who live in michigan and come down to florida for the cold months they have people who are in florida who are retiring and are potentially remodeling their home so that they can retire comfortably 
Um, they have the adult children of that older couple who is trying to make these decisions so that their parents can live comfortably at home. I mean, there it's endless. Yeah. And I think at the, at the, at the same time, it's something that you do have to be careful with. If it's a concept that is foreign to you, don't get overwhelmed and say, Oh my God, I've got to create 12 customer personas because my marketing messages are so off point and they're not resonating with anybody. I mean, there's a way to kind of take it slow and figure out who your core is and then kind of uh, get a little bit more, more granular as uh, with time, I guess. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I forgot to mention at the beginning of the presentation that at the end, I do have a link to a free worksheet that we have on our website that'll take you through everything that I just explained in Capable Sharp. Cool. Awesome. So that will be there. Perfect. Um, and as a quick aside, uh, going off of what you were saying earlier, a lot of the times when we are being targeted by brands, you don't even notice. So it's easy for us to feel like everybody has these great social media posts without trying. Like I just saw one. Um, Nike had a huge campaign on Sunday after the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team won the Gold Cup. And Nike immediately put out something saying, uh, don't change your dreams, change the world. And I mean, I cannot tell you how many shoes they're now selling to young girls who want to play soccer or parents of young girls who want to play soccer or people not so young girls who used to watch the soccer team and have been raised watching them. So it's, I mean, knowing your demographics and who you're trying to target and hitting them at the right time, so important. Mm -hmm. So I'll dive into why targeted content matters. Targeted content attracts. So there are several stages in inbound marketing. You attract, you convert, you close, and then you delight. And that's how you get customers, essentially. So we're going to start with attract, and I'm going to show you examples of all of these. So an example of targeted content attracting. This post is very simple, but it touches on three of probably the most common pain points of people who are buying a new home, right? Cost of living too high, want more space, larger home site, try Lincoln County. And how we know that this attracts the comments on it. Gorgeous house, don't tell everybody our secret. Or true gold is when you see someone tagging their spouse or a friend, that's almost like a cold referral. So there's an example of attracting. Or another example of attracting, using storytelling. And just remember to make the audience, the protagonist, you're just, you're helping solve their pain points, you're educating them, but they're the protagonist, right? Mm -hmm. Read how Jesse built a home with more space and more land with the room his family needed. Simple, but that really drives it home. Some of the comments, building any subdivisions in Warrington, cost, those are people directly reaching out and trying to self-qualify themselves and see if they can buy a home from this home builder. Targeted content also converts. This is a little bit trickier to show in Facebook. I do have an example later on in my slides, but this is in the back end of the marketing software that we use. So whenever you share a link to a page on your website with a conversion opportunity, like a contact us form, for example, we can see the actual submission rate. 
So we can see how many people are converting per how many people are viewing that page. So all of these brochures and guides that you see listed here, those are pages that we shared on Facebook and targeted the audience well, sometimes put in some money behind it, which we're about to get into. And look at these submission rates, 25%, 19%, 19%, 14%. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and so if I can just jump in here quickly, Danielle. Yeah. So, you know, what we're seeing here again is, you know, uh, a series of different pages that were shared across social, potentially via, or you know, organically meaning they were just posted to social networks or maybe they were sponsored, but you know, then uh, potential consumers, visitors came to these pages and they converted. Could be that they downloaded something, could be that they filled out a form for more information. These are really, really nice high conversion rates. And in other lessons, we talk about, you know, you can't improve what you can't measure. This is really, really clear. You're able to see, you know, where you're getting traffic, how it's doing, ultimately what it's, what it means for your business. So depending on what the conversion type is, conversion form, um, you know where to go invest more of your time or more or more 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 dollars at the end of the day. So this is this is key for people. I'm so glad you brought that up because I clipped where some of the submission rates are lower, but that's exactly right. We learn what is working and what people want to learn more about. So we know how to convert them, how to get them yeah. to give up their email addresses. Validation. Them. Validation. Exactly. And, and oftentimes, Danielle, in the marketing world, we have tendency to refer to things as being like a funnel. So right now you're talking about the, the inbound methodology, the attract phase, and that would be very top funnel, right? So it's the, you're not saying, Hey, I'm looking for someone to, to build you a custom blog home. You don't contact us. That would be more like, you know, you're trying to have a, a purchase decision type conversation with somebody who's never even heard of you. So it's, it's just way too early in that, in that conversation. Anyhow, I'll let you keep going. <laughs> yeah. And these are all top of the funnel. What you can see here, they're um, guides on how to build a custom home, how to buy a custom home, um, how to, uh, the brochures are about those communities because this is a community builder. So very educational, very how-to focused. You're trying, to, you're trying to add value and help first. Exactly. Absolutely. Cool. And one of my favorite examples of targeted content, closing and delighting right on a post. This uh, caveat, this is not one of my clients. This is actually still local deck builder who I found through my own research. There you go. Uh, Shout out to them. <laughs> <laughs> um, very simple post. Nothing fancy here, but... In all of this, he captures, he tells the audience about his work, explains why the audience wants it, and shares great photography. Very impressive. Yeah, well done. Right. When you look at these comments, let me read this to you. Thank you, Ben. We absolutely love our new deck and pergola. You're truly gifted in what you do. It's a good feeling to know you are someone who stands behind your work. That's one of the best reviews I have heard <laughs> in ages. And that was just a comment on this Facebook post. And then farther down, give me a call sometime. I got a few jobs. Yeah, this is amazing. So social proof. So we're always hammering the point with our cursed customers about, Hey, you need more social proof. Go and get it, go and get it. There's nothing more powerful than taking a screenshot of that Facebook message and using that on your website or on your landing page. And this person even got another lead in there. So they could follow up with either sending them more information, maybe trying to get on a call, depending on, on how pushy or aggressive they want to be. 
this is a great example. Yeah. And just also an example to go back to what you were saying earlier, it doesn't have to be super complicated. Mm -hmm. You don't have to fill out a 12 page worksheet to know who you're trying to target. This is just a simple way to go out and target a general audience of people who want to understand what you're doing, want to know what your differentiation is and see an example. So Danielle, how long to put a post like this together for people where this may be a little bit more foreign? I mean, you see a couple pictures, little headline. How long should this take? To how long does it take someone to create this post? Yeah, like I'm sure there's people coming up with excuses. Well, I don't have time for that. I'm busy. <laughs> like, um, what's the involvement here? What's required? Two to five minutes, <laughs> I would say. There you go. There uh, you uploading go. these pictures. And these are great pictures, but I'm willing to bet that they're probably smartphone pictures. It's not mm-hmm. even hired a professional photographer. Um, this is probably the guy who did it taking pictures and probably even posted from his phone, just a quick description, composite and cedar, hard to beat, hidden fasteners, maintenance-free deck, lighting system and covered roof, red cedar pergola. That's it. (laughs) And he got a review and potentially some clients. So sweet. Very simple. So what should you measure? And you're going to hate my answer, but it depends. (laughs) Really depends on what your goals are because you need to measure the right things based on what you're trying to achieve. So a couple of examples here. Let's say your goal is to increase your page reach by 10% month over month. So in other words, you want about 10% more people to see your Facebook page and what you're posting month over month. So a great place to start is tracking your page views. You can change that date range so that you see that you're tracking the past 30 days. And just right there, the green number, if you're 10% over the previous month or not. I like that you're starting with that one, Danielle. Sorry to, sorry to jump in there. Absolutely. Too often people want conversions right away. I want Facebook. I want to spend my time and I want leads. I want leads. I want leads. You need to start somewhere. So just getting people exposed to your content is a great starting point. And so you got to, me- you got to track that. You got to measure it. They say something like reach right now, even for the people who like your Facebook page is about 2%. So I know (laughs) a little disheartening, but we'll get into the paid side next. Um, So even of the people, let's say you have 200 people who like your Facebook page, something like four people are seeing your posts. So trying to increase that page reach is a great first goal. Um, like we said about the funnel, you're widening the top of that funnel as well. Mm-hmm. And, and so Facebook as a platform, how it decides to serve your content to more people so you can get more reach is really based on engagement. If I could sum it up in one word. So the, the number of people who like your, your posts, who comment on your posts, who share your posts, it's a conversational platform, right? So you don't always want to be selling and trying to, I mean, the, one of the screenshots I had earlier on was the kid yelling in the microphone. That's not what you want to be doing. You want to be having conversations, right? I think that's how you're going to get that reach to the scale over time. Right. It's um, absolutely. And uh, I mean, even page likes. So as you're increasing page likes, in theory, you're getting more page views than also because more people are following your page. And uh, one of, so in order of what Facebook's algorithm decides is a good post 
shares is number one, comments is number two, and then actual engagement, like liking and reacting, whatever they call it now, is number three. So the most important thing is to try to encourage other people to share it because then their audience, their friends and family see it and they might go and like your page and it's just a snowball effect from there. Mm -hmm. So let's say your goal is to increase leads on Facebook by 5% month over month, let's say, then if you don't have marketing automation, software, platform, anything like that to track your conversions, one way you could do it is to count your messages and see how many qualified leads or how many phone calls you got out of that. Just another, another option. So when do you add paid ads to the mix? And Ark, you're the expert on this, but- Yesterday, you're... yesterday is the answer. <laughs> It's like, when's the best time to buy real estate? <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll just give you a couple examples of the really easy, the quick and easy ways where you have no excuse to say no to these. So you can always add a budget behind your top performers. You're not doing anything fancy here. You're not sitting down and trying to figure out some Facebook algorithm of like, I need to post this at the right time. And this, those all matter. But a top performing post, all that is, is really great content directed at the right audience, good pictures, for example. This is a funny story if you read that post. And in a matter of minutes, it had something like 20 likes. So when you know that a post is doing well organically, that means Facebook has already noticed it. People are already noticing it. And putting some budget behind it, even just 10 to $20, can make a huge difference. So that's the easiest way to add paid in. Behind the scenes, if you're looking at your Facebook analytics, that peak is when you add your budget. So you can see the normal blue line is, that's just organic. And then the teal above it, that's budget I put in. This is only $10, mind you. So when the post hit its peak and it had about 20 likes organically, I put $10 behind it and Look at that, increased 400% the people it reached. And for post engagements, you can see that it still has a trickle-off effect. So not only are more people seeing that post and engaging with it, but because they saw that, they may have come to the page and they're seeing other posts and engaging with other posts as well. So huge trickle-down effect there. You can see the post engagement is up over 1,200% from $10. You can also see in the back end of Facebook, if you go to your Facebook insights, the exact audience who's engaging with that post. And this is pretty much spot on. I did no targeting, mind you. I just boosted the post the simplest way I could. And the right people are finding it because the post itself is just targeting the right audience. Yeah, that's a big mistake that we see people making once they get into paid ads themselves. The first thing they want to do is start firing up all this demo, this uh, interest demographic data and the targeting and very often just you know choosing your territory, putting the ad out there, letting Facebook do the work can be so impactful. So yeah. it's, you know, it's about the message. The message has to resonate with your intended audience, i.e. your customer personas and uh, have something compelling to share with them. Exactly. Absolutely. And the benefits of boosting posts, you're attracting these potential leads. You are building brand awareness. I know that's a kind of a soft benefit, 
but think of it as you're starting relationships with these prospects who are still in the research phase. So whether they're top of the funnel or maybe they're middle of the funnel because they're following your page. So they're already following social media platforms of other remodelers, contractors, and they see this post and it knocks their socks off. You're already starting that relationship. So by the time they get through the research phase and are ready to call you, you don't feel like a stranger to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Branding is definitely not something to, to discount or discredit. Um, think about more traditional, traditional forms of advertising, print and radio. I mean, it's a frequency game. It's a numbers game. You know, it's not just put up a post and see what the ROI is. I mean, over time, um, yeah, the more people are exposed to your brand, your name, they see what you're doing, you know, the whole no like, and trust factor, you know, kicks in. So it's super important. Do not neglect branding. And that's where, again, on the lead generation side of things, when these companies, don't want to take on any risk and they just want to purchase their, their, their leads. You're never really advertising and, you know, putting your company name and brand out there. So that's, that's the downside with that. Absolutely. I have one more really easy kind of post that you can just boost and throw a little bit of money behind. If you're creating a targeted event. So for example, for this one, it was a dusty boot and a move in ready open house showing those two houses next door to each other. That's a really simple time to just add $10, $20 behind that event. And you can see they got 87 link clicks. So that was to a landing page with more information on how to find the homes. And over 3,000 people reached for $10, $20 taps. So super simple. If you either, if you have an open house coming up or a, you're going to be at a local trade show, that's a great way to get your name out there and people can find you through related events. If they're interested in like home and gardening, for example, getting into those demographics that Mm -hmm. Mark was just talking about, Mm -hmm. um, they'll see events that may interest them through Facebook's algorithm. And they'll probably see local trade show events. And if they say they're interested in one, you could come up as a related event. So those are my top two really easy ways to add budget immediately through targeted posts. Um, if you need more help with it, talk to Mark. He's your go-to guy there, but absolutely makes a huge difference. Thanks, Danielle. Appreciate that plug. <laughs> absolutely. So that's all I have for you. Um, if you have questions, you can email me, drussell at builderfunnel.com. You can find us on Instagram, find me or builderfunnel. And there's the link to the persona worksheet that I forgot to mention earlier, just builderfunnel.com slash personas. Yeah. And we're going to try to get a copy of that Danielle as well uh, sure. so that we can have it within the, the Academy, but absolutely people should definitely go check out builder funnel and URLs there. Are you settled now? Are you still traveling? What's, what's the deal? You're not. Uh... Um, you know, we're pretty settled. My Husband is not currently home. He basically never is, but he's in Minnesota. Uh, he trains the National Guard right now. So nice. he is, yeah, out in Minnesota, but I'm mostly settled. There you go. <laughs> cool. Good for you. Well, Danielle, um, you know, if we had to sum up the session today, we talked about personas, we talked about the notion of, you know, inbound, attract, convert, close, delight, how it kind of mimics a funnel. Don't try to close right away. Is there one sort of key takeaway in this whole presentation that you want people to remember or kind of act on? Just don't be afraid 
to get started. If you don't get started, then you'll never do it. And it is a lot simpler than it may have sounded in this presentation. I hope I didn't scare anyone away by showing some of the legwork in the back end. You can honestly just sit down, reflect on your past 18 months of clients, think about who your favorite person was, and just when you're typing up your post, pretend you're talking to that person. And yeah, one to that one. Simple. Exactly. That's great. Great you feedback. don't have to go through a worksheet for this to work. You can, yeah, you can honestly just pretend you're talking to your ideal client, your favorite client that you've ever worked with, and that'll do the trick. Yeah. So get those personas done, make it an exercise to do with your team, pin them up on the wall. And when you're doing anything marketing related, try to identify who it is that you're speaking to. And it'll just make that message that much more relatable. And uh, like you said, take action, get, get started. I think now, I mean, just on mobile, you almost don't even need desktop computer or a laptop or, or anything. You can be out in the field with your phone. Analytics are there. All the apps are available. I mean, it's so simple. And uh, even if you reserve a bit of time every week to kind of get something done or assign it to someone on your team, uh, there's no reason not to be doing this kind of stuff. Absolutely. Hopefully you see a big difference too. Awesome. And if people have questions, Danielle, they can reach out to you. Your info is there and it'll be up in the, in the academy. Thank you, Danielle. Really appreciate your time. This was a fantastic lesson. Thank you so much, Mark. Thanks to WebRunner Media. Awesome. Cheers.